Our Time contains graphic and explicit content. It may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. What's your favorite scary movie? Stop Horror Time, the podcast where two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. We have a good one this week. Oh boy. So it is <laughs> the 10th anniversary of the now cult classic, deservedly, of Jennifer's Body. Woohoo! Uh, written by Diablo Cody, fresh off of her Oscar, although I think she wrote it at the same time as Juno, and directed by Karen Kusama, who now also, you know, made a name for herself, deservedly, uh, but this, yes. so this was not well received at the time, the studio did not know what to fucking do with it, and we're trying to market it towards, like, male Transformer fans who just think Megan Fox is hot, and just, like, totally missed the point of what the movie was trying to say, and, like, Yep. And then, so it wasn't well received because I don't know what the audience thought they were going to get, but it wasn't like a, a feminist horror masterpiece like this is. <laughs> um, yeah, people are really um, getting into it again. I think a lot, um, if y'all follow Old Films Flickr on Twitter, she's like a you know film critic and everything. She She made a good point on a podcast recently that like, it's not that, People, well, some people are rediscovering it, but a lot of it is just, like, the people that really responded to it at the time were teenage girls. Like, I was I was the prime age. I was 17 when it came out. And she's mm-hmm. like, and she's like, now all these girls, like, know how to talk about film in a professional way, so that, like, and that's why they're all writing articles about it and everything, and, like, bringing it to light again. It's like, oh, we've always loved this. I, I've always loved it, and I appreciate it even more looking back on it now. And I got to go to a, um, a screening at the New Beverly, so that's why everyone in LA is talking about it. They just showed a double feature of that with Near Dark, Captain Bigelow's like vampire movie, which I'd also recommend. But um, and it was wild, man. Like I could tell a lot of the people there had either hadn't seen it in a while or were seeing it for the first time, and they were just loving it. And like I could, you could just tell from the response, like the surprise, like like when J.K. Simmons showed up, everyone started like laughing in disbelief, like, wait a minute, he's in this? <laughs> the same with like Chris Pratt. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that threw me off for a second. I was like, that's Chris Pratt. Yeah, everyone was like, what the hell? Yeah, but but yeah, they, they loved it. It was it was great to watch with a crowd. Like I, yeah. I, I saw it when it came out in theaters, but I don't. The, there was, I don't think anyone was even there. I think it was just me going, "Woo!" Uh, <laughs> hold on, my cat got into a bag of cat food. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I feel like it's not an episode of our podcast if one of our cats is not fucking shit up mid recording. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so was so you said you just watched this. Had you seen it before? Yeah, I think we rabbited it once or so, Ooh. and um, I loved it. And oh, yeah. so yeah, and I just rewatched it to refresh my mind, and it was so good. It's so good. <laughs> so for those who really, oh sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, no, yeah, like, uh, when I was watching it, because I remember watching the Transformers movie with Megan Fox in it, and I was just, like, when you actually give her something to do, instead of just, like, trying to look hot, she actually does pretty damn well. She's so Um, fucking good in this. So, like, uh, give her something to do. Writers. She's more than just being very, very gorgeous. She's also a very good actor, so. Like, her, her, like, comedy in this especially... Like, her comedic timing in this is incredible. And she can be fucking scary when she needs to be. Like, it's just, she hasn't gotten a role like this since that's, like, you know, <laughs> been worthy of, yeah. like, been worthy of understanding of, like, the range she has. And it, it pisses me off. I'm like, I know a lot of the conversation that happens around this movie is people realizing that, like, back in the day they had no re- reason to hate Megan Fox. It was just that internalized misogyny, baby! Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess we'll go a little bit of the plot for those who have those folks who haven't seen. I recommend it. Uh, but it's so it's about this uh this girl or these these two girls. So Jennifer and Needy, they're best friends since childhood. Sandbox sandbox love, as Needy calls it, and this indie band. Um comes into town and sacrifices Jennifer um, in, like, the satanic ritual, but it goes wrong because it was supposed to be a virgin sacrifice, and she is not a virgin. Mm -hmm. And so instead it turns her into this, like, man-eating demon, and it's all... Yeah. (laughs) Succubus, yeah. Yeah. Um, Adam Brody plays the lead singer of the the indie band on his shoulder, and it's hilarious. Um, this is apparently a real band, too, not with Adam Brody, but the rest of the band is a real band, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> they had, they were, they dubbed over his vocals, if I remember correctly, because, like, okay. he didn't have a bad voice, but they were like, we need a better voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Seth Cohen. They actually almost got, uh, Pete Wins from <gasps> Fall Out Boy. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> or Chad Michael Murray for the role. So, like, take that with what you will. I know. As a resident Chad Michael Murray fan, I don't know if that would have made as much sense as that. Like, Adam Brody just fit so well. He had the look yeah. down. Oh, my God. That I was, was like, the, that's just interesting. Before I went full Les, like, that was the, in, in high school and middle school. Those were the kind of guys I was drawn to. It was just the, <laughs> the emo boys. Yeah. Oh, same. Same. <laughs> like, oh it hasn't changed at all for me, but, like, same. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said it wasn't a phase, and it truly wasn't. Not a phase, mom. But yeah, so it's just so this isn't obviously isn't the first movie to use the theme of like um, horror and puberty and like um, like is this transformative period like Ginger Snaps notably did that too, especially for teenage girls. Yeah. But like this, I think this just even stands out even more because you can just really tell it was made by women. <laughs> like, oh my god, the, yes. The care and understanding that was put into it, and like Diablo Cody said that she said that it was really like freeing for her to explore these themes in horror because you can just like you can really go for it like in a way that you couldn't in a more subdued genre. And like Kusama just she gets it too. Um, <laughs> I don't, the, they, they were both, they both will still talk about this movie, like, they're both really proud of it, um, 
I even got to, <laughs> I, I like stalked Karen Kusama at a Destroyer Q&A, and was like, I just have oh, to yeah. say I love Jennifer's body. She's like, yeah, it's getting around again. I'm like, okay, good. It's not like, oh, that was something I made 10 years ago. Oops. Or like. <laughs> so yeah, this, yeah. Um, no, I yeah. wish I could have seen this movie when it was in theaters, because like, but I was in uh, freshman year of high school when this came out, but I wasn't into horror movies at that time, so it probably passed by my radar, but um, it's just amazing. I love it. I don't know. I just really... I just don't think there's a lot like it um, because of how, like, the themes it explores of, like, like, female sexuality, like, so many people are afraid to talk about that. I think... uh, I found a quote from Connor Kusama talking about it, and she's like, oh, no, it was Diablo Cody. No, it was, sorry, it was Mama Karen. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she was saying that, like, well, you know, in general, we're, like, we, we will, um, because as a society, we seem to, like, love slut-shaming still and everything, but still are, like, ter- and, like, are terrified of women that aren't afraid of that, and, like, she said that so Karen Kuzama said that horror is a culture. We are terrified of women and, and girls. Like, that's what, deep down, what this is about. Because... Yeah. And she said that, like, you know, Jennifer was... She says that Jennifer's cursed even before the curse because people only view her as an object and don't actually, like, engage with her and see her. Um, which is true. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, like, how ironic that that's, like, exactly why this flopped because that's the only way people viewed Megan Fox... Like, even today, still, like, I walked into a goddamn video store yesterday, and I could, t- I could, um, I love to eavesdrop, but the, the dude was talking about Jennifer's body, he's like, she just has no clothes, and he's like, oh, you're just, I don't know, you just hate women, so I don't, like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know how you can watch, like, this movie specifically that actually lets her get into it and be like, that's no charisma, like, what are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> Like, I, th- I, I think I th- misogyny is just still rampant, as we know. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> but, um... All the time. Yeah. Do you have your true crime for this? I do. Alright. Um, I tried... The internet does not provide specifically people sacrificing virgins what? to demons by indie bands. You gotta go deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go deeper we have to go deeper um but i did find this uh black metal band uh that was based in norway that uh wanted to use like uh satanism just any kind of that uh mm-hmm. thread as a means of getting their own uh scene into the spotlight um uh, because it was like the 1970s, kind of when this happened, 19, okay. 1970s to 1990s. So, uh, yeah, so the guy that we are talking about today, his name is Varg Vikernis. So, he's pretty... <laughs> Good name. Sounds very Viking. Uh, he was born February 11th, 1973 in Bergen, Norway. Uh, at age six, he moved with his family to Baghdad, Iraq. Um, I don't remember the reason why, but... That's when he's... <laughs> why not? Just why not? Uh, he started becoming aware of, like, the differences uh, racially between him and the other students. Like, teachers would uh, hit students there, um, but they wouldn't, like, touch him because he was white. 
Um, oh. And the kind of family he grew up in um, was he had a really racist-ass dad. Um, there was a Nazi flag in his parents' house. Um, but oh, dad did not want him to become, like, part of the group or something or, like, be influenced by it. I was, like, interesting. Um, his mom wasn't much better. She was, like, always afraid that, like, one day he'd bring home, like, a brown girl or something. And I was like, okay. Okay. Um, When he was an adolescent, he would become part of the neo-Nazi skinhead culture. Um, And he also started listening to heavy metal at age 12. And just to put a a little footnote in here, just because you listen to, like, any kind of heavy metal does not automatically mean you are a Nazi or a neo-Nazi or any of that shit. Yeah. (laughs) Because I've, I've met people who are super into, like, heavy metal stuff, and they're, like, the nicest people ever, so this is just... Yeah, a lot of them are chill. This is just one of those happenstances. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I appreciate, that, like, they went in the direction of indie bands yeah. instead of... Would have been, obvious, obviously, metalhead, oh, but this is less stereotypical and way more relevant to the times of, of the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. when he uh, grew up, he joined the band Mayhem in 1992, uh, and then around June 6th in the same year, several churches in uh, Norway were burned down by arson. Uh, the Fantas Stage Church, the Asan Church, Storvet Church, Skold Church, uh, others. And he was suspected to be behind them with uh, others as well. Uh, the reason why that he did this was as, uh, air quotes, revenge for Christian de- desecration of Viking graves and temples. Uh, that's what he he believed in that kind of stuff. So, oh hi Charlie. Mm. Now you want my lap now? God. Second cat cameo <laughs> of the recording. Come on. <laughs> no. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Um. So there was a article that was written mm. to a newspaper called the Virgin's Tinde Tidende. Um. I think that's how it's pronounced. I couldn't <laughs> look it up because I'm like okay. There's no pronunciation for this. There's no way to know. Um, and it was given, it's supposed to be anonymous. That was given by uh, Vicurnus and Aronimus, who was a member of the band Mayhem with him. Uh, it brought the black metal scene to the spotlight. And in the interview, uh, one of them said, Our intention is to spread fear and devilry. Uh, that is why we are telling this to Bergen's Tidende. Uh, they published the article with Vicurnus's face mostly hidden, like he had his like arms up uh, with like two knives in his hands, so you couldn't really see him. But uh, at that time, he had already been arrested. Uh, police found him by going to an address printed on a Burzum flyer, which was a name of uh, a place that they were supposed to play for. Uh, and the goal was to scare people, promote black metal, get more customers for the event Helvete. Uh, but Aronimus closed the event since it was drawing too much police and media attention at that time. Uh, so animosity was starting to rise uh, between Bicurnus and Aronimus after that interview was given. And then in August 10th of 1993, uh, Aronimus, the co-founder of Mayhem, was killed by Bicurnus. He was stabbed to death. Um, Vicarnus claims that he killed Aronimus in self-defense. He said that Aronimus had plotted to stun him with an electric shock weapon, tie him up, and torture him to death while videotaping the event. Uh, he said if he was talking about it to everybody and anybody, I wouldn't have taken it seriously, but he just told a select group of friends, and one of them told me. 
Uh, he said Aronimus planned to use a meeting about an unsigned contract to ambush him. Vicarnus said that he met Aronimus uh, at the door to hand him the signed contract, but when he stepped forward and confronted the man, uh, Aronimus panicked and kicked him in the chest. Vicarnus claims uh, then he ran into the kitchen to fetch a knife. The two got into a struggle, and then Vicarnus stabbed Aronimus to him to, to death. So his body was found in the stairwell of the first floor with 23 stab wounds, uh, two to the head, five to the neck, and 16 to the back, which I think is overkill. Oof. Yeah, I'll do I, it. That will, that will indeed do it, because I feel like if it was supposed to be self-defense, it'd just be enough to, like, get him disarmed and then to get away. Yeah, this is like cell block tango status. <laughs> <laughs> he ran into my knife 23 times. Um, he claimed that the final stab to the skull was so powerful the knife remained stuck in his skull. Uh, but there was no physical evidence or bodily injuries to support that claim. Uh, he contends that most of Aronimus' wounds were caused by broken glass he had fallen on during the struggle. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, after the murder of Icarnus and Blackthorn, who had driven uh, him to the apartment, uh, drove back to Bergen. Uh, and on the way, they stopped at a lake where Vicernus disposed of his bloodstained clothes. Uh, Blackthorn claimed that Vicernus planned to murder Aronimus and pressured him into coming along. Uh, so he basically was an accomplice unwittingly in this uh, scheme. <laughs> and on August 19, 1993, Vicernus was arrested by the police. Uh, he was charged with conspiracy as well to blow up an anti-fascist place called the Blitz House. Uh, they found 150 kg of explosives and 3,000 rounds of ammunition in his house. Um, yeah. So basically, we want this guy to get arrested because... We are Antifa. Um, he denied the charges and said that he was preparing himself for defense of Norway if the time came, uh, since, like, oh, he's like, all these other countries couldn't invade us, so we have to be prepared. And it's like, okay, dude, you sound like America. Um, <laughs> the trial began on May 2nd of 1994, and after almost two weeks, Jesus Christ, Charlie, uh, he was sentenced to 21 years prison, which was the maximum sentence in Norway. Uh, Blackthorn was given eight years as an accomplice for this. Um, then Vicernus was transferred between prisons until March 2009, when he was then released on parole 15 years after being sentenced. Uh, he continued the ban afterwards and was recently arrested with his wife. Yes, he has a wife. Uh, for conspiracy of terrorism. God, he can get a wife, but I can't. Yeah, I know. I'm like, the bar is in hell, right. apparently. Um, <laughs> he For conspiracy to commit terrorism in France after she had bought four rifles. Uh, mm. She did have a permit for buying firearms, but they were released after failure to find any plans of terrorism in, like, early 2011 or so. He was instead charged by French authorities with inciting racial hatred against Jews and Muslims and sentenced to six months probation and 8,000 uh, francs fine. And then in June of 2018, he's got a YouTube channel, which still exists. Oh my god. Um, he mentioned that he had left the band behind to pursue uh, the YouTube instead, and so basically just saying advice, that's all finished. Uh, he has seven fucking kids. Um, he's a teetotaller <laughs> and says he no longer uses Nazism to help describe his ideological beliefs. Um, instead, his is a continue is a use of Norse mythology combined with Esther so Tarek, Nazism, uh, basically taking elements from that for white nationalism and being Nazis. 
Uh, he's still free today, and his YouTube is channel is indeed real. It is still up. Oh, I found God. it, and I'm like, holy shit. So basically... Oh, no. Hey, y'all y'all listening, don't go to that. Don't no, give him don't the, give him the views. views. No, um, yeah. I did it just to confirm that like this was a real thing, but just like don't give it to him, because he's basically still like a piece of shit. So oh. uh, that's Verg. Uh, this Varg by Kernis, our heavy metal killing man for the week. So <laughs> I tried to get as close to Jennifer's body as I could, and this was unfortunately the only thing I could find um, <laughs> that even related to, like, death via, you know, saying, oh, we're doing it to spread devilry and all that stuff, you know. <laughs> okay. She left. Uh so that leads us on to our final topic of is Jennifer's body a gay film? Oh hell yeah, playa. <laughs> yeah. Everyone like talks about like gay subtexts and like they literally like make out on her bed, like I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> there was originally no kiss between them in the screenplay originally. I'm glad yeah. there is now. Well yeah, like ah, uh, I, I I love it. I, I know a lot of people like I've seen some commentaries, like, especially from queer women, that, like, it's kind of, like, part of a bigger stereotype of, like, the de the evil bisexual or whatever. Yeah. Um, which I can understand. But I just, I, I didn't think it felt forced or anything because there seemed to be something. I mean, I I can't speak as a straight person because I never was one. But, like, <laughs> when you're growing up a queer girl, like, I think you kind of crush on, like, all your like gal yes. friends especially in high school when you're figuring shit out like yeah it just at some point so like this didn't seem forced at all and like needy definitely seems to feel something for jennifer and is like drawn towards her like way before all this happened yeah even like the you're totally just the gays joke <laughs> yeah there was actually supposed to be a needy and jennifer sex scene uh but it was oh. cut, and I was like, dude, I wouldn't be able to handle anything after that. <laughs> I'd be dead. That, I know, like, that, ugh, the kiss is hot enough. I know, Also, right? like, Megan Fox in that Evil Dead shirt is probably the hottest thing on her. I was like, please, like I was that. like, I'm, like, fanning myself. I'm like, please. <laughs> Clutching my pearls. <laughs> vapors. She's also very talented. I don't mean to objectify her. Oh, shit, did no. we miss the point of the movie? No, she's... <laughs> but she, when she's trying to be seductive, she does really play it up oh, yeah. to her benefit she like yeah that's what's so cool that like even before she's you know a, a man-eater actual demon uh like she weaponizes her beauty because she understands that like jennifer's really smart yeah even like in the be in the beginning like she's using it to get drinks she's using it to get what she wants like because she understands that that's her situation and so mm -hmm. she takes advantage of it and i'm i'm always for like women being aware of their like their femininity and being able to weaponize and I'm like hell yeah do that Dude, <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's brilliant go play hello titty with the bartender I was like yes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. do it girl Valid. do it <laughs> um, Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox has said that of their films that they have done so far uh, this one has been like one of their favorites aww uh, so I'm like yes Yay. I bet it's because they just were like just able to play just these girls and you know they actually have something yeah. to do and not just be for like guys or anything or to look hot on the screen so i'm just like valid you're valid you're all valid yeah like it's always so sad when like 
hear from like a, an actress that works with like a female director for the first time and they're like man that was that was good i'm like yeah yes <laughs> they're, they're so used to dealing with like shitty men not that all like male directors suck or anything but you know but yeah <laughs> you know like that's that's sad well okay so in a, I, I shouldn't i shouldn't have spoke about this in the gay segment but i just want to bring up how like how much i love chip in this movie <laughs> i think he's I'm like, he's such a he's such a nice boy and he's a good boyfriend. Like such a good boy. I don't know. Like truly I was it's, like, I like this boy, I wish I had this boy in my life, but like Yeah. It's just I don't know, it's refreshing to see. Usually like especially in horror movies, like men suck. I don't know. Yeah. Like and like we see good examples of like like consent and like care even like during the process of, you know, like of yeah. boning. <laughs> like that's a, that scene is so fun like it's so awkward and like true, like it's and then juxtaposing with her at, with Jennifer just straight up eating a dude. <laughs> oh my god! No, yeah, because like he had like he had that condom and he's like and she's like this swirl thing and he's like it's supposed to give pleasure for the girl too and I was like thoughtful boy. <laughs> Our bar is low, but good boy. <laughs> the bar is literally in hell, and I'm just like good boy. Yeah, <laughs> we like we like him in this house. Yeah, <laughs> we do. It's like I, ah, it was so good. I'm so sad what happened to him, but like, he was he was really good for when he was around. So <laughs> had to do it to him, and it had to be down to the two girls at the end. It had to. Uh, had to do it to him. And the, oh my god, I cannot end this podcast without the Home Depot line because yes. that's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> god, you're butch. You you buy all your murder weapons at Home Depot? God, you're butch. I'm like, oh, dragged. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Okay. No, sorry, that was me trying not to laugh with my mouth full of water. Oh. God, <laughs> use that as a sound effect. <laughs> no, yeah, God, like, I'm... I wish there were, I wish that was such an iconic line like that should be in the top 100 like famous film quotes of all time. <laughs> Please. <laughs> there's, there's, here's looking at your kid and then you buy all your murder weapons at home depot. Oh man, why not? We should. We need AFI needs to update their fucking top 100 movies. <laughs> Jennifer's body at the top. Jennifer's body needs to be at least in the top 50. <laughs> what? I have a friend who, like, this is her favorite movie, and she keeps, like, genuinely saying there should be a criterion, and I'm like, I would be first in line to buy oh. that. So yes. she's like, you could chalk it full of special features with, like, interviews with it, because, you know, everyone that made it is still very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Like, that'd be dope. Yeah. I'd buy it. Huh. Give Karu Kusama a criterion. That's, if you draw anything away from this. Yes. Yes. Any of her, any of her films deserve it. If they can make the fucking Breakfast Club on the Criterion, <laughs> they can put Jennifer's body on Criterion. <laughs> Jennifer's body's better than the Breakfast Club. You heard it here first, folks. You can quote us on that. <laughs> quote us on that. <laughs> Hot take of the day. This is the hottest take of this movie. But like, no, I just ah, uh, I love this movie so much. I need everyone to watch it if you haven't seen it. Like, yeah, just do it. You won't regret it. <laughs> just, just do it. Yeah. And there's, there's like a director's cut. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of like, I, I like it the way it is. I'm just, you know, watch it if oh. you want. Oh, the director. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. I remember uh, the director's cut. 
uh, the film was removed from Australian markets because of the graphic sex scene and violence that was in it. So I was like, damn, Australia. <laughs> Australia? You can handle that. Come Everything on. there wants to kill you, and this is this is the line? Yeah. This is the line. All right. God. No, yeah, it's... Uh, I also love that she just managed to seduce all the guys that were there uh, that she was trying that she was eating and they were like visibly like what <laughs> like just confused but they just kind of like going along with it and I'm like teenage boys yeah, it's a summary right there <laughs> I'd, I'd do it I, w- I would step into the lion's mouth for Megan Fox <laughs> you can eat me any day <laughs> Oh god, she ever hears this podcast, I'm so sorry. We're sorry, Megan. Yeah, I, I, identi- I identify with the emo boy she eats. I'm like, that's me. I'm the, one, I'm the one that invites her to, like, a Rocky Horror Picture Show screening. Yes. I don't like boxing, maybe. <laughs> she's, she's so goddamn funny! Oh my god. Uh, why is that? Why is it so funny? <clears throat> Right. I love it. Uh, I just love this. I love Karen Kasama so much. Yeah, everyone watch Destroyer on Hulu. Watch The Invitation on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if Jennifer's body is streaming for free on any service, but you should. It isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I had found that out because I was trying to find it. You gotta, I like, I don't own. Gotta this. rent it with that cash money. Then it's worth it. And just wait for Get wait for the criterion. <laughs> wait for the criterion. You can you can do it. Just go, just go. It's there. It's, I did find it on uh, Vimeo. Uh, oh okay. So I just watched it on there, and it's really good quality. So just well, head then. out that way if you're gonna go watch it. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good selection out there. Shit, did we have another movie for next week? Because we were so hyped up for this one. <laughs> we just, like, straight up forgot. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to everyone on that. How about that? It'll be a surprise. Figure it out. <laughs> no, I, I, I know what to do, but I just want to run it by you first. Yeah. We'll have to have a conversation in front of the kids. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, folks. Yes. Well, thanks, uh, thanks everyone, for listening. This was a very special episode of Stop Horror Time. Uh, please don't forget yes. to spread the word about us and subscribe, rate, and review to us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Let us know what you think of us. You, know, you want to say hey. Uh, so, <laughs> what's the social media for us? Where can they find us, Al? Well, we are on Facebook at Horror Time Podcast. Where you can find us, which even better is if you go to Twitter, we are at Stop Horror Time Pod. Uh, you can reach us either by DMing or just adding us there. Uh, what's your? Do you have a sweet sweet Twitter? Yeah, I'm a I'm at Pansara Lance on Twitter. But the name's Game Mafia. I'm still just <laughs> tweeting about Tony Curtis. That's all I do now. <laughs> so come find me. Go talk about Tony Curtis with Kate. Uh, so we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.